Hello, welcome back. It's always a pleasure to see you. It's always a pleasure to see you. It's always a pleasure to hear from you, to meet you in different places and hear what God is doing in your lives. You know, for me, I feel so privileged and so honored because I have nothing to offer. But what I do is that I'm just this pipe or this gift box that delivers a gift that you love, a gift that is changing your life, which is the word of God. And my prayer is that you won't just be a receiver of these things, but you'll also start to teach everywhere you are, what you're learning. Because what God is teaching you is more powerful than you think. And it can change so many lives. I look forward to a time when there are so many people sharing the word on different platforms, in our family groups, on WhatsApp groups, on, I don't know, TikTok, on just to become that person. God has given us an opportunity to do in our generation what people could never do. That I just sit here in front of a camera and speak to you. It used to be in front of my phone for many, for, for a while until Shadrach my son showed up with equipment i now have i'm now in front of you with a camera and i don't know what god will do but we have we have these cameras it you can use it i i pray because i pray that you'll experience what i have, have come to experience when i meet you in supermarkets on the road in other countries at airports um on the, people put down their windows and start to say you've changed my life you've and i'm like i haven't it's the word of god i'm just giving you what i'm learning and so i want you to know that the word of god changes lives and it will give you a life of great significance and fulfillment so be a person who shares the word don't despise what you're learning maybe you learn something from something i've taught you or your pastor has taught you or your shepherd has taught you or even just you've read in the scriptures and something has just a light bulb has come on don't ignore it share it share it how you've understood it share it in text in voice in video whichever way you can you never know who's going to chance on it and how it could change their lives yeah so please 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 be a giver of the word it has changed my life it will change yours too i know i made a promise last week and i want us to pray before we get into the word today and we just welcome God. He's already with us, but we are recognizing his presence. So precious Holy Spirit, we thank you. We thank you for the opportunity to be under your word. We thank you that you are going to give us light because the entrance of your word gives light and brings understanding to the simple. So we thank you that you're giving us light for life. Oh, may this word that you've placed on my heart be a differentiator for many people. May it set them apart from the regular people. May it show that they are children of light. Father, we thank you. May your word come forth with clarity, power, and may we go and take action on it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. All right. So I've been thinking a lot about a verse. There's a verse that my pastor has been telling us to declare every day, which is really Psalm 23 verse 6. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. But he, he coined it in a way that, Two miracles are headed my way today. And that's every day because God's promise is that every day goodness, which is really favor, which is favor is the thing that gives you opportunities and unusual treatment. You know that you can't explain. It's just the favor of God. I don't know why I was picked. I don't know why I was given this or that. That that is supposed to follow you every day of your life. But how many of us wake up thinking about that today is a day full of favor. Today is a day full of mercy. Mercy, you need mercy when you do wrong. 
you need favor when you want to just see promotion or increase or good things in your life that you don't deserve for no reason that you can explain at all. And so that the idea of goodness and mercy, favor and mercy to follow us every day of our life. Do you wake up every day expecting goodness to follow you? Do you expect favor? Do you expect that goodness? Two miracles are headed my way today. For many of us, you wake up and it's like, oh, another day. Oh, I hope today goes well. You know, it's like there's no joy and excitement of God. You daily load me with benefits. This is the day that you've made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. And yet when God gives you another day of life, it's another day to experience his goodness and his mercy every day, including today, including tomorrow. Every day is a new day, new mercies every morning, new goodness every morning. And that is how God sees. But sometimes our faith doesn't receive what God has given. And I'd like you to, you can go and find a, a message I taught. I think it was called the power of expectation, something about expectation. Look for it and, and listen to it. But today, uh, what is on my heart you have to listen a little bit more for us to get into it. I've been thinking about how there's got to be a distinction between the children of God and people who don't know God. And there are scriptures about it. I'll read for you one that you've probably not paid attention to. It's in Malachi. Many of you only know Malachi for tithe. I hope that you know it and you practice it. One of these days we should learn about tithe. Yeah, but let's not go there right now. So in Malachi chapter 3, moreover, verse 18, I'm reading it in the NIV. New, I think, New International Version. NIV, it says, And you will again see the distinction between the righteous and the wicked, between those who serve God and those who do not. You will see the distinction, a separation, a mark that separates some people from others. That there's God, supposed, God says we are supposed to see the distinction between the righteous, the righteous are those who are born again, really. If you believe in Jesus, you're righteous, not because you do right, but because you've received the nature of Jesus Christ, which leads you to do right. So that it, there's supposed to be a distinction, a defining mark, a clear separation between the righteous and the wicked and between those who serve God and those who do not. Now, many of you are here who are watching, you're already in one category, at least you're in the righteous. If you're not yet in those who serve God, you can get in immediately. Because there are privileges that are given to people who serve God. Even if you're righteous and you don't serve God, there's a distinction between those who serve God and those who don't. And so, by the way, yesterday there's a young woman I was with at church and our, she's pregnant. So I was asking her, one of the people that, 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 is, uh, that I disciple, so I was asking her, when are you due? And she said, the scan said next week, which is this week. And so I quickly called the mission leader and said, hey, you need to organize a baby shower. This girl might give birth sooner than later. And so we started organizing and saying, we're going to have one. I think it was supposed to be either this evening or tomorrow. And so she left church yesterday, got into labor and had a baby within like one hour. <laughs> you know, that, that should be me as like, this must be God rewarding someone who serves God because she was at church, she's nine months pregnant, but she was at church serving until late. Then she went home and delivered a baby. So there's a distinction, even in giving birth, there must be a distinction. But this distinction thing, when I thought about favor, you know, today I want to talk about how you can grow in favor. Yeah. I want to talk about how you can grow in favor. Favor is a distinguishing mark for children of God. The Bible tells us in Psalm 5 verse 12, that God's favor surrounds us as a shield, the righteous. The favor of God is supposed to surround you and it's the kind of shield that surrounds. It's in front of you on the side and behind. You know, some of you, you experience favor at home, but not at work. 
or you experience it with your friends but not with your spouse or you you know you're supposed to have favor with your spouse with god with men let me show you scriptures that you can increase in favor favor can come in increasing measure in your life and so in the book of samuel let's start with samuel first samuel chapter 2 verse 26 you should memorize these verses it says and the child samuel grew in stature and in favor both with the lord and men oh my goodness he grew in favor with god and with men can you imagine you can grow in favor with god and men <laughs> favor is, is is a state of having special grace bestowed on you special access special privileges basically you're treated special there's a distinction between you and others it's also spoken of Jesus in, in Luke chapter 2, verse 52. It says, And Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and men. <laughs> Me, I'm determined to increase in favor with God. Can you imagine you can increase in favor with God and men? With God and men. It's there. It happened to two great men. It can happen to you and I. It's available. I've seen myself increase in favor with God and men. And you start to see increase in your life you start to see um promotion in your life one of the signs of favor is promotion today i felt god leading me specifically to talk about how seven ways to stand out at your workplace i'm going to teach that at your workplace you can grow in favor at work because some of you have been stuck at the same job or you feel like you have to work so hard to be recognized at work you can grow in favor with God and men. Now, someone is listening and saying, but Pastor B3, favor doesn't come from men. It's true. I mean, I mean promotion. And I've taught that before. Promotion in Psalm chapter 75, verse 6 to 7, it says that promotion neither comes from the east nor from the west nor from the south. But God is the judge. He's the one who puts down one and exalts another. Okay, it's true. Promotion comes from God. But you can position yourself for promotion. There are people who are promotable and there are people who are difficult to promote. And I want to show you how you can become easy to promote. You can grow in favor for promotion before God and before men. And I'm going to show you how. Now, I'm going to, I've read scriptures. I'm about to read two more. Then I'm going to get into a lot of practicals. You're going to have to believe me that these things are rooted in the word of God. You know, I don't have to show you a verse for everything. I'm speaking from experience. I'll tell you quickly my story. When it comes to the workplace, I have seen incredible favor from when I was at university. I've seen the favor of God and I've started to see by the Holy Spirit showing me that there are actually things that can create a distinction between you and others and give you promotion and favor quickly, even in a workplace without you having to climb over others and become a terrible person. Okay, they are very, very practical things, but I want to show you some scriptures as we start out. It says in Colossians 3, 23 to 24, which is a verse I memorized I think in secondary school about work. Listen to what it says. It says, And whatever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not to men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the reward of the inheritance, for you serve the Lord Christ. I'll read it again. Colossians 3, 23 to 24. It says, And whatever you do, the things I'm talking about are about whatever you do. Maybe you've, been, you've entered as a volunteer at a workplace. You've come in as a receptionist. You've come in as a personal assistant. You've come in as a tea girl. 
you've come in as someone who cleans, I don't know the place, you just clean. You've come in as uh, an intern. It doesn't matter how you come in. It's who you are when you come in that will make you stand out. Or stand out negatively or positively. You can also posture yourself for no promotion. Now, these principles work not only in the workplace, but even in life generally. How you can posture yourself for promotion. So it says, whatever you do, do it heartily. Do it with your entire heart. Do not despise your work. It begins there. Don't despise what God has given you to do now. Even though you feel like it's a demotion. I've met people who despise work. You tell them you could come in and they say, I don't do that work. But they have nothing. But they are despising what work. I don't know how it is in other countries. But in Uganda, I find that we are starting to recover from that. We've, we had had a generation that looked down on work. There are jobs you cannot do. But you'd rather stay home doing nothing than actually go and do something, no matter how small it looks. Even though you might feel overqualified or you feel like you're too good for it, that's, that's pride. So it says, whatever you do, do it heartily, listen, as to the Lord, not to men. Knowing, you must know that from the Lord you receive the reward of the, the, reward of the inheritance for you serve the Lord Christ. So the first area, and we're going to get into point by point. I'm not yet talking about the points, don't worry. But the foundation of this, the foundation of promotion and favor and distinction from God in your workplace is going to be that you are serving God, not man. Don't go to your workplace to serve man. You'll get tired. I've done it before. You have to show up to serve God. God, I'm here to serve you. You're my boss. You pay me. You pay me better than my boss can pay me. Now, doing the things I'm going to tell you is going to promote you so quickly and is going to give you rewards that are unusual. They're even going to start stories about you at your workplace. If you do these things, they'll start thinking either you've done something to the boss or you're, I don't know, they'll come up because that's what happened to me. No one could explain my progress. And I thought it was just a one-off. But you start to see that beyond the, all the workplaces I've worked, I have seen promotion, I have seen favor, and it's not for me only. The people I've discipled, who I have told to do certain things, I've seen them get promoted quickly. And now I want us to break it down for you. Because I believe as Christians, we should be experiencing favor and promotion where we work. There should be a distinction. We see it with Daniel. We see it with Joseph. The Bible says that everything they did, like they would put it in there. Even in prison, you'd be the head of the prisoners. Now, no matter where you are, Jacob, there are principles that govern promotion. They are in the scriptures. And I want to share them with you. And then it says in 1 Corinthians 10, 31, I'm building foundations. Therefore, listen, whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. Do everything you do, do it to the glory of God. That's the foundation. Let me tell you something. You have to see that your workplace is simply a platform for the gospel. Your family is simply a platform for the gospel. Your relationships are a platform for the gospel. Everything you and I have as Christians, as believers, is a platform for the gospel. You don't have to go preaching on the streets or whatever. You can and you should do that. But I can tell you that every day we have an opportunity for the gospel. And we are missing it because we go to work and act carnal and secular and removed. And then we go to church and try to be spiritual. You're a spiritual person. You're a child of God at work. You're a child of God at home. You're a child of God with your friends. You're a child of God uh, on work trips. You're a child of God when you're, you're doing business deals. You're always a child of God. Whatever you do, do it to the glory of God. Amen. So that's the foundation. The foundation is remember who you are and who you serve. 
you, the person you serve, your true boss is not the person who signs the checks. It's the Lord. The Lord can make your boss start giving you a different salary and they also can't explain why. They can make them go against the rules. Because when God enters the thing, but you have to position yourself in a way that you can grow in favor with God and man. Because promotion comes from God, but God uses men to promote. So you can't dismiss your boss and say for you, your eyes are only on the Lord. No, there's a way you must deal with the boss because they are a representative of God concerning your promotion, whether they are born again or not. Oh yes, so how you deal with them will determine your promotion or the lack thereof. So here we go. I want to talk about seven ways to stand out at your workplace. Yeah, seven ways to position yourself for promotion. Remember, promotion comes from God, but you can't. And even if the promotion doesn't come, which is, I don't think it's possible because God is a God of principle. But even if it doesn't, it's who you've, you will become a much better person. You'll enjoy your work like crazy. All right. The first point, point number one. Now, I've not taught like this before, so I pray for you. Point number one, you are there on mission. Remember that you're at your, be on mission, first of all. Point one, be on mission with God at your workplace. That's the first point. Do not go to your workplace just to earn a living. That should be a bonus. Go there on mission with God. God is your ultimate boss and you work for him. This will keep you motivated. Whether your boss is recognizing your efforts or not in the beginning, I worked for a very bad boss at my first, at my first workplace. Honestly, he was not a good boss at all. And even if he were here, I would say it. You know, he really wasn't. He was, he was, he was not good. He was the kind of, he ran the, he ran the workplace like a kiosk. There were no rules. There was no distinction. He paid who he wanted the way he wanted. He, he created a culture of gossip and suspicion. He was someone who never appreciated you. He was backbiting you. There was mistrust. He was a terrible person to work for. He would be talking to him. You walk away. He says other things about you. So he was not a good boss at all. But I remember what eventually helped me. At first, I was focused on him and I was unhappy. So the first thing I started to do is I went there to work for God. And, and that was the beginning, how I began, because I started there as an intern. They gave me three months and told me after that you should go. They never paid me. But I did some things which I'm going to share because I was working for God. It's not that I was doing it to get promoted, but it's really how you position yourself. I went there and I'm like, I have to represent God. Whatever they told me to do, I sat at the reception for a few months. My God, I was the best receptionist, according to me at least. I gave it my best. And indeed, I was recognized. And instead of leaving, a position was created for me to stay and work. And when I stayed at that position, I also gave it my best. And again, I was moved to the next level. And then I started to fall into some traps. And I got stagnant for a while because I stopped doing the things that position you for favor with God and men. Okay? So these are ways to position yourself for favor with God and men at your workplace. Number one, be on mission with God. Go there every day. I would go and declare peace over that place. I would, under my breath, I would say, Lord, I am here. And so the kingdom of God has come. Your peace reigns here. Show me how to be a blessing. I was on mission with God. I was there to teach people what I was learning. I was there to represent God. Not, so it helped me not to get engaged in certain things like bribery, you know, funny deals. Because I was a Christian and I made it clear. Do people at your workplace know that you're a believer or you hide it? So when I would say, why can't you do that? I'd say, you know, I'm a Christian. I can't get involved in that. That, that helped me to stay out of a lot of trouble. So be on mission with God. It also helped me to be excellent, to give the work my best because I was aware that I'm here to represent God. I'm here to promote the kingdom of God. I'm not just here to make money. God can give me money elsewhere. But be on mission with God. That's the first point. Be on mission with God. God is your boss 
work for him work heartily as to the lord and not to men because it is of him that you receive a reward that's point number one be on mission with god are you on mission with god at your workplace or you're there simply to make some money if that's all you're there for you may not find much favor point number two ask god daily how you can be a blessing i'm so serious every morning before you leave or every evening before you go to work depending on your time that you work ask god lord today how would you like me to be a blessing because when you focus on being a blessing <laughs> you will win favor instead of you focusing on how i can promote myself how i can win everyone at work that's what i find many people trying to do you find that now you're competing with people but when you go there to be a blessing you are focused on what you can give not what you can get so you go to your workplace every day and ask god how may i be a blessing he may show you someone who you can buy lunch that day. It might not even be something to do with your work. He can show you uh, something that, you, that maybe that your boss is struggling with that you can help with that's outside your work scope. How can I be a blessing today? Today at your workplace, tomorrow, how can you be a blessing? Today, how can you be a blessing to someone? Uh, how can you be a blessing? Maybe you need to walk to someone and ask them, hey, can I pray for you? What can I pray for you about? Is there something I can help you with? How can you be a blessing? Be a giver, not a taker. That's what is going, one of the things that's going to give you favor at your workplace. So first of all, be on mission with God. Secondly, ask God daily, how can I be a blessing to those around me? And actually, at the end of the day, ask yourself, how was I a blessing to those around me? Yes, how was I a blessing? How was I a blessing? And if you are not, then that's a note for you to know, okay, tomorrow I have to do better. Be a blessing. Be a blessing to someone every single day. Number three, do your work well. Christians, we have a bad reputation. Do your work well, especially if you're born again or you're a Christian and your boss is a Christian. Some of you have done that. You go to work and then you're telling your boss how they have to understand. If you're in worship harvest, I've had that feedback that you'll tell your boss that they must understand that during work hours, you need to leave and go attend something church related. Be faithful. Even your pastor won't ask you to do that. You can't be the one asking every single time. There are times you're going to ask for time off. But be faithful. If you're at work, be at work 100%. Do your job and do it well. Show up on time. Be consistent. Improve yourself. Improve your skills. Get feedback. You know, don't be on social media during work hours. At lunchtime, that's why many of our meetings in Worship Harvest are actually, because most of the people who are working in the church, all of you, we are all laborers. We go out there to work during the week. But our meetings are either at lunchtime or after work hours. So you can't be there on social media instead of working. You're cheating at work. You're cheating the workplace, but you're praying for promotion. God can't promote you as a cheat. Yeah, be faithful. If your hours are 8 a.m. to 5 p.m., be there before 8. Get ready so that by 8 you're doing your work. If you need to be off at lunch, be off. Do your meetings. Get back into work by 2 p.m. By 5 p.m., finish your work and then do whatever else you need to do. You can't be, it's, it's, it's work time, but you're selling your own products. Or you're using the workplace to promote yourself and your own services. You're using the workplace to promote your consultancy services and yet it's not promoted by the workplace. So you're taking work, work from the company you work for and putting it in your pocket. And you're saying the Lord is providing opportunities. You're not being faithful. You will not win favor with God and men. Be faithful. If you're not faithful, what is another man's? God will not give you what is yours. Be faithful at the level you are as you trust God to take you to the next level. And that's a true test. 
for you as a child of God. Be faithful without is another man's. Don't cheat your workplace by not giving the time you're supposed to, by not giving your best hours, your best energy, your best. Some of you keep away some of the ideas. You keep them for your personal things and you don't give them at your workplace because you're promoting yourself and not where you work. Be faithful. Be faithful. Be consistent. Commit to improving and increasing. Do your work well. Have a great work ethic. Let your boss know that you're dependable, that you're trustworthy, that when you give your word, they don't need to follow you up. Lead yourself well. Don't be the one who you, ha you have a bad attitude. And I'll come to attitude later. But now I'm talking about faithfulness. Just be faithful. One time I went to my, my, my boss, who is Apostle Moses, he's also my father. And I went to him and asked him, you know, what can I do better? How can I serve? You know what he told me? Do your work well. Like before you want to be nice to me, have a relationship with me, just do your work well. And that is the cry of many people who lead teams. It's like you have this team, they can't do their work well, and they are there inviting you to church on Sunday. You're like, I don't want to come to your church. You're an unfaithful person. You work in my company. You call yourself a Christian. You're always listening to Christian radio and sermons and posting verses, but you are unfaithful at your work. You do a shoddy job. When you send Excel files, they have five different fonts, okay? There's Calibri, there's Times New Roman, five, three different sizes. They look bad. You've not even grown yourself in knowing how to use Excel. I remember I would stay at my workplace late after hours to teach myself Excel and Word. Because at university, I didn't have access to a laptop or a computer. So I had to actually stay late, teach myself typing, because my job involved a lot of typing. I got Typing Master. It was a disk at the time. Put it in. Now you can do it online. And I had to teach myself how to type without looking at the keyboard. I had to stay up late to teach, to go in and learn Microsoft Word, creating this. When I would hear my boss saying, you mean you don't know how to create this on Excel? I'll take a note and say, I must learn it today. May he never complain about it again. So I'll teach myself. Then I'll go and tell him, now I know. Ask me. You know, and he liked that because once he threw a complaint, he knew I would receive it as feedback to do better. Not become angry that you never appreciate me. You just always tell me what I should do better. You know, you have this sour attitude and you're praying for promotion. Be faithful, my fellow brothers and sisters. Be faithful at your workplaces. Be the example. Let there be a distinction between you and others. Let them say, my God, Christians. Let them start wanting to employ us even more. Let's be employable. Let's not spoil for others. We are the ones who are always asking to go away for lunch our prayer we are the ones always coming to work late then we leave early then we have stories about this and the other there's there's sometime a boss came and found one of the people at church on in a conference yet they had lied that they were out in the field working and then they found each other at the same conference you know can you imagine and this one felt that the boss should just understand why are you lying be faithful. Tell the truth. If you need to go for a conference, say, I'd like to go for a conference. Sometimes they'll say, no, understand where you are. Okay. And, and I know you're saying, Pastor Bithi, you've told us to serve God, but now you're saying we should, yes, understand your season. There's a season when I could not be as available for church. And I felt so bad, but I had to be faithful. And my boss started giving me more leeway because I would come with a plan and say, boss, listen, I'm going to make sure all my work is done. I'm requesting to give me one day off. I have this big event that I have to be at, but I'm going, you will not miss me. You will not even need me. And I would set up systems and indeed you would not miss me. But some of us already you're doing a bad job at work. You don't show up on time. You do shoddy work. 
You're, you're the one who they have to give people your work to redo it all the time. And we call ourselves by the name of God. Let's be faithful. Improve yourself. Increase yourself. Be consistent. Be dependable. Excel at your job. Make your, let, Don't let a week pass without improving something about yourself. What are you better at this week? What are you going to be better at before the week ends? At your skill set. At your job. What book are you reading in line with what you do? Or you wait for your boss to always be the one bringing you training. Suggest something. Say, I found this. I think we could all benefit from it as a team. You don't have to be the boss to suggest that. You can be a team member who is resourceful. This point is so important. Be faithful. Be faithful. It is required of a steward that one be found faithful. That's what the scriptures tell us. Be faithful what is another man's. Let your boss know that if they left everything in your care, it would work. But first, you manage yourself well. If you can't lead yourself well, why should you be trusted to lead a team? Lead yourself well. Show up on time. Show up before time. Do your job well. Give reports and feedback. Don't wait to be asked. If you're given a task, be ahead of it. Don't over-promise and under-deliver. Under-promise and over-deliver. Give me two days, then deliver in one day. Give me five hours, deliver in two hours. Be that sort of person. If you're going to be late, be the one saying, hey, to your clients or customers, I said I would deliver by 2 p.m., but I'm seeing right now it's midday and the workload looks like I had underestimated the time. I'm kindly asking you to give me until tomorrow, 9 a.m. to deliver the work. I don't want to give you bad work. I apologize for all inconveniences. But some of you, you tell the client at a time, it passes. They are the ones calling you two hours later. Oh, sorry, uh, I, auntie, I thought I would deliver. I didn't. You need to understand. And you're basically quarreling with the customer because they should understand. And then you want them to give you more work. And you're calling them impatient. And you're praying to God for promotion. He can't. There's a place, there's a business I'm doing where I know God, I'm even asking him, do not promote me, Lord. And he can't anyway because they, are, they have not yet built a good systems enough for promotion. It will destroy me. Be faithful. Be nice to customers. Be faithful at that reception. Have a big smile. Love your job. Do it well. Go the extra mile. Do more than is expected of you. Don't only think about the salary. All you do is check your salary every month. End of month. Now it's end of month. Is that all you live for? I don't know the last time I checked for my salary. Because it's not really about the salary. Not because I, I don't need the money. It's because I get more fulfillment now. And there was a time I used to check for salary. Be faithful. <laughs> Number four, help others shine. Don't be a person who shines alone. How are you going to win favor with God and men? Be someone who helps others to do well. Don't only be the one, it's you who shines alone. You're the only one who hands in your reports on time. You're the only one who does your work well. You're the one they praise alone all the time. First of all, your workmates won't like you and your boss will notice. You can't lead others because you prefer to be the one shining alone. A leader is supposed to lift others. So be a lifter of others. That when they talk about you, even your teammates are like this person. They're amazing. They've helped me in this area. When you learn something, it's show, show someone and say, hey, I learned this trick on Excel. If you did this, that thing you're struggling with, it will work. Send them a template of a report you've come up with that the boss likes. Say, the boss really likes this report. You also try it. I think it will do you well. You know, be a person who looks out for others. Lift others. Suggest things that can help other teams and departments win. That's how you'll be recognized as someone who is not only selfish, thinking about you, your promotion, how you can do better, but help others shine. The spirit of God is not one that is self-centered and selfish. If you have something they need, offer it, give it. In fact, people will suspect you at first. 
because this is not normal. There has to be a distinction where people realize you want others to also succeed. You want others to also succeed. You don't only want yourself to succeed. Jesus said, I did not come to be served. I came to serve. Serve others. On top of asking the question of how can I be a blessing, you should be asking, who have I helped to be better today? And also ask yourself at the end of every day, who helped me to be better today? And thank them. Recognize them. But first, you help others to do better and to win. Don't be happy when you're the only one winning. Help others to win. There's a satisfaction that comes with that. You're becoming a better person, but also you're more promotable. There's, you can, you, that's how you grow in favor with God and others by helping others to succeed and to win at your workplace. So far we've said, one, be on mission with God. Two, ask daily, how can I be a blessing? Three, do your work well, be faithful. Four, help others shine. Five, be a problem solver. Don't be a problem creator or a problem reporter. My goodness. You know, there are people who I'm like, for you, they give you a task. It's like they've just asked, what are the problems? What are the challenges? What are the obstacles? What are the hindrances? You think you'll be promoted? Because if they promote you, you're going to increase problems and obstacles. Don't be a person who always thinks it's not possible. It can't be done. No, when you bring a problem, listen to me, when you bring a problem to your boss or your superior, Come with three possible solutions. Say, I found this obstacle. These are the things I'm thinking we could do. We could do this, or we could do this, or we could do this. Even if he doesn't choose one of the options, he'll probably say, uh, maybe we could get a fuse of the two you talked about. Let's do this. But you've just brought solutions. So when they have a problem, guess who they'll think about? You. You are a problem. People are paid to solve problems. The more problems you can solve, the higher you can go in rank. The less problems you ever solve, you're always bringing problems. The, your answer to everything is, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. That thing is a bad word in my family. In my home, I don't want it with the children. Don't tell me you don't know. Go find us an answer. You can't not know everything. My goodness, I don't know. Why is your missional community not working? I don't know. Why, why are the clients no longer buying? I don't know. So what's your use? You're not useful. Why should you be promoted? Why should you grow in favor? Be a problem solver. Always offer solutions. Don't always be the one in every meeting you see the obstacles. It won't work. It so what will work? You can't be the one who's always offering what won't work. No one wants you around them. No one wants to lead with you. When you say, I don't think that may work because of this. What I think, how about we do this? I was thinking about this. So the next time you take a problem to someone, go with solutions. Even in your marriage, you can't be the one who is always... Everything they say, it can't work. It can't work. They will stop telling you. With time, you start finding out things that are happening without your knowledge. How do you grow in favor with God and men? Find solutions to problems. Present solutions. Maybe your boss, you're waiting on them for something. Be proactive with these solutions. Go to them and say, hey boss, we're running out of time. I know you're very busy. I thought I would create a template of that thing you said you'd send me. Look at it and see maybe what we can make better. You've just helped save him some time. You know, that's what I do with my, my leader. I go to him, like if he has said he wants to create a schedule and I realize it's not coming, I'll create it and take a template. Then he'll say, improve this, change this, put this here, put... We have a schedule, it's done. But you're there. What? Why don't we have a schedule? You said you didn't make it, you've not made it. You're telling your boss, you said you'd make it, you didn't make it. Remind them, give them solutions, find a way around it, support them. Be that person who they think, they realize you can think at their level. Some of you are saying, but my boss might think I'm a threat. No, don't enter that mindset. You do the right thing. Remember, God is with you from the very beginning. Be a problem solver. Add value where you are. 
Don't be someone who takes value or rides on the value of others. You're just a momentum faker. You talk a lot, you do nothing. Bring solutions. Talk less, do more. Let your results audit you. Do a lot, okay? Be a problem solver. Number six, practice. No, number six, have a great attitude. Have a, you know a great attitude? When I would enter my workplace, I would stand at the door and I would say, Lord, I'm leaving all my issues at this door. Because these people did not do anything to me. Maybe I've quarreled with my husband, which is not usual. Maybe I left home and I didn't sleep well. The baby kept me up all night. I would leave my issues at the door and enter as a person who is here to add value. There was a season when I had a bad attitude. A few months, I remember them. The whole environment got toxic. I was either gossiping, complaining, grumbling. My department, and I was a leader. I couldn't get promoted. And God had to show me, you're bringing your staff here. Yes, your boss is not doing good, but you can't, the only person you can control on a good day is you. You can't have a bad attitude and blame your boss for it. You have a bad attitude because you have a bad attitude. Not because it's like a child. Why are you crying? Why are you, why are you grumbling? Because... Over so and so did what to me. But you see, you can still choose your attitude. Your attitude is because you decided to respond that way. Someone can do something to two people and they respond differently. One will quarrel, one will choose peace. Be a powerful person. Have a great attitude. Walk into that place, determined to do well. Have a smile on your face. If, if someone keeps asking you, are you okay? That's a sign that your attitude is bad. When someone asks you, you enter a restaurant and someone is serving me and I ask them, are you okay? You're a waitress. Why do you look sad? What did I do to you? I just walked in. Serve me. Smile. Offer me solutions. Have music in your voice. Speak well. Hello, you're welcome. The other day I spoke to someone on the phone. Uh, I was ordering a product. They sounded irritated. They sounded annoyed. I'm like, I don't even want your product anymore. Because of how you talk, have a great attitude. Your tone of voice matters. You can say the same words. A different way it's your tone it's your attitude it's your outlook it's your bouncing your step the singing you're singing at the workplace you're doing your work well they give you feedback that is hard hard but feedback is a is your best friend they tell you how you didn't do a good job last week you say thank you for having the courage to tell me i know that it takes a lot even though inside you're dying say thank you for feedback don't be the one who they are scared how do we give them feedback ha they are going to pull their mouth the whole week so no one can correct you so you can't get better when they give you feedback, even though you feel bad, know that it's good for you. Just like sometimes you swallow medicine and it tastes bad, but it's good for you. So feedback is like medicine. It makes you better, but it doesn't feel good when you're taking it. Receive feedback. Well, thank the person who gave you feedback. Say, thank you so much for the feedback. I really appreciate it. And what I've learned from it is this. What I'm going to do about it is this. You can't be the one who they start giving feedback. The next thing we see tears. Ladies, you're crying. The boss is now concerned. What, what do I do? I can't correct this one. So they can't go higher because they can't manage feedback. Manage your emotions. Manage your emotions and your environment. Be a person who brings a great environment with you. People will, you'll get promoted that way. You'll find favor with God and men. Don't suck life out of the room. You are the light of the world. You are the salt of the earth. Bring life. Bring flavor. Smile. Be pleasant. Do everything without complaining or arguing. That's what the Bible tells us in, in, in uh, Philippians 2.14 to 15. Do everything without complaining or arguing so that you may become blameless and pure. Children of God without spot in a crooked and deprived generation that shine as stars in the universe. Do everything without complaining and arguing. Ask for clarification when you don't understand, but don't, don't bring your 
I don't know, immaturity to the workplace. Have a great attitude. Don't be a complainer. Don't be a sour person. Don't be someone who can't take feedback. You're emotional about everything. They correct you. It becomes personal. Ah, ah. There's no promotion for you. No matter how many prayers you pray and how much fasting you do and how much seed you sow, you will stay stuck because of your attitude. But you will not be that person. Change your attitude. Many people won't tell you about your attitude, but it can be the thing that limits you, no matter how, how well you do. Because people don't want to be around people who have a bad attitude about life and work. And lastly, practice honor. This one is a quick promoter. The other week I gave an instruction to people, and I'm going to give it again, that if you have a boss, someone who's over you, buy them a gift. And salaries have come in. <laughs> buy them a gift and write a note. And just say, even if they've not been nice to you, just say, thank you so much for giving me an opportunity to work here. I appreciate you. And give them a, a meaningful gift. Please do not buy toothpaste. Do not buy deodorant. Do not buy air freshener. Okay? Or earbuds. Or things that are communicating hygiene. Eh? Don't. I know things. Or buy, don't buy your boss an alarm clock. You people. <laughs> you people, please. I beg, help me. Don't buy strange gifts. Eh? Don't buy strange gifts. Buy them a gift that you'd also love to receive. Do your homework and thank them, especially the ones who have been difficult. People who did this have come back with testimonies. People have been paid their salaries of, of, of months that they had not been paid suddenly, and then they've been promoted, and then they've got accolades at work. Their boss has started trusting them with information. Do you know why? Most bosses have never been thanked. They've never been recognized. Practice honor. Speak well of your boss in their presence and in their absence. Find anything good that they do or of whoever it is that you're seeking honor from. Cover their weaknesses. Understand how they like to be served and adjust to them. Don't try to make your boss adjust to you. You adjust to them and go the extra mile for your boss. Help them with things. When you hear them saying, eh, I don't know how I'm going to pull that off. I have this and the other. Say, hey, I could help. What could I carry? I could help. I could deal with some of those things. And you take them more on your plate and relieve them. And then give gifts. On their birthday, make sure that as a work team, you celebrate your, your boss. They may not expect it. Do it. On a random day, like how you're going to do this week, just send a gift for nothing, just to say thank you for the opportunity. Those are the seven ways that I can share with you today about how to obtain favor at your workplace. Before God and before men, I'll run through them again. Remember, you're on mission with God. Ask God daily how you can be a blessing. Do your work well. That one is loud. Help others shine, be a problem solver, have a great attitude, especially about feedback and practice honor with those above you. I promise you, if you go, choose at least one thing and say, I'm going to start with this and do it. If there is no promotion in your life, uh -uh, in the next six months to one year, then I'm a liar. And I'm telling you, I've seen these principles work in my life. Everywhere I've worked, I have seen incredible promotion and honor before men and God, and it's not a coincidence. And I want you to have the same because God wants to create a distinction between us and those that do not know him. We must stand out and that's how you're going to stand out because promotion comes from God and you can increase in favor with God and men. Wow, 
what a great teaching, what a practical teaching. You, ca you can't say you didn't understand. It's practical and it's supposed to help you get better. Remember, favor is your portion. Goodness and mercy pursue you. Let them catch up with you, please, by some of the things that you do. Let them catch up with you. Let them overtake you and let your life be filled with grace upon grace. If you're watching me and you've never made Jesus Lord of your life, look, I don't care how promoted you get at work. If you don't have a relationship with Jesus, you're empty. You can have money and you're empty. You can have marriage and you're empty. None of these things satisfy. Only Jesus satisfies. He made you and when you allow him into your life, he puts you, makes you one with your purpose and design and you get a sense of fulfillment. He teaches you to serve him and to live for him every day. So I want to pray with you right now if that is you. You have listened to this teaching. I want to pray with you to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. You're not changing religions. You are simply receiving Jesus as your Lord and Savior. I don't have a religion that I subscribe to. I am a believer in Jesus Christ and I walk with him. I'm a Christian. I'm a believer. And so I want you to pray this prayer after me from your heart. Say, Lord Jesus, today I receive you as my Lord and Savior. Forgive me of all my sins and give me a new beginning. Write my name in the book of life. Take my life and do something with it. Give me your Holy Spirit and teach me to serve you the rest of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that prayer, you're born again. Welcome to the family of God. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Listen, I want you to stop what you're doing right now if you received Jesus and send me a message on this number. 0775 six four two four four nine outside uganda that's plus two five six seven seven five six four two four four nine send a message and say i received jesus and on faith boosters i will be so encouraged and i'd like to connect you to a loving family within your neighborhood people who can walk with you and do life with you if you want to send me testimonies my email is open beatrice Biamanzi at gmail.com everything is lowercase let me know what jesus has done in your life as a result of these teachings i want to celebrate with you and i'm encouraged by your testimony yes and remember i want to pray over you i i hear specifically two words someone you've been believing god for the fruit of the womb you've been believing god for children you're married i speak over you in the name of jesus your womb opens in Jesus' name, I send the word of God that heals your diseases and delivers your soul from destruction. May healing come. May healing come. Right now, whatever has been spoken of by the doctors, we reject it in the name of Jesus. You actually haven't got a doctor's report, one of the people who's watching. It is well. Stop worrying. Stop worrying. Don't allow worry. Start to speak life. Your womb opens and you will have a child. You'll be pregnant this very year in the name of Jesus. Someone else, you're worried about school fees. We speak provision. You will go back to school. It is well. God is going to provide. A miracle is coming. You're going to go back to school. Your children are going to go back to school. Everything is going to be okay. Another person you're about to compromise in a relationship because you're so desperate to be married. You're so desperate to be married. Don't do it. God is your exceedingly great reward. Don't do it. Don't settle for less. Don't settle for less. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Be patient. Be patient. Don't allow a life of regret. Be patient. Your miracle is around the corner. Don't settle. Don't, 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 don't break your values because you're desperate. It shall be well. It is well. Someone else, something about your head. 
I speak healing, whatever it is. I don't know if it's a headache or hair loss or whatever. But I speak wellness to you in the name of Jesus. It is well. It is well. Another person pain, pain or itching or something that's been going on in your ear, your right ear. It is well in Jesus' name. It is well. Someone else, you're worried about miscarrying. You will not miscarry. You will have your child full term and you will be very well provided for. It shall be well with you. You will not miscarry. Those children are a blessing from God to you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. We bless you. We thank you. Remember, God loves you. His favor is on you. Go do the things we've said. And you'll see God's favor increase over your life. There will be a distinction between you and those who don't know God. And your testimony, just by your work ethic, is going to draw many to Jesus. You're blessed. You're highly favored. Remember to share this. I'll see you again next week for another great time in God's word.